Stand by for the Terry Saul Show. Five. Roll tape. Four. Cue Terry. Three. Bring audio up. Two. Stand by. One. Play intro. Stay tuned for the Terry Soul Show, Soltissimo, on Salem's original radio station, 104.3 and 1220 AM, KSLM. Good morning, and welcome to the Terry Soul Show on Salem's original radio station, KSLM AM and FM. I am your host, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. Amanda Smith is hanging out with us. Good morning, Amanda. How are we? We are good. We are talking today with my buddy, Captain Richard Chesbro from the Willamette Queen. Good morning, sir. How are you? We are good. <laughs> Everybody are good. I like good. that we. That's a French word for yes. It means yeah. yes, you're good? Yes, I'm good. Yep. So if anybody <laughs> reads we, we. The, we, we. That's right. I already did. If anybody <laughs> reads the, uh, the, the the newspaper or listens to stuff going on there, have you sold the boat? Is the boat for sale? Are you out of business? Are you in business? What's going on with the boat? No, the, the boat is still very actively for sale, although we do have some really interested prospects. And yeah. Some are coming in to look at the boat, uh, like, within a few days. Oh, okay. that's exciting. And uh, so we'll see what see what happens. Yeah. So if... if and, by if, the way, I, uh, Flash, big news Flash, the Willamette Queen is now the one and only operating riverboat in the whole state of Oregon. Serious? Yeah. That's what really cool. What about the ones cool. up in Portland? Went out of business. Are you kidding? Yeah, about three months ago. What happened is they uh, had some problems with their propulsion system. Okay. Which makes the boat go. And the Coast Guard came out and did a big inspection and said, eh, got to replace the whole thing. It's just not safe. Three million dollars it was going to cost. Whoa! Three million dollars? The boat's probably not worth three million. Needless to say, Dan Yates, who was operating it for the Portland Spirit people, Right. Just said, nah, not going to happen. You know. Wow. So they so should. They so just, where's the boat now? The boat's in kind of dry dock. I get. No, it's not in dry dock. It's in the water. It's in downtown Portland, and that's where it's, it's just sitting at a dock. Just retired. So just I don't retired. Know what do. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So the Willamette Queen is the last riverboat. We're the last riverboat in the wow. state of Oregon. That's awesome. How many? How many riverboats were in Oregon in, in its peak? 500. 500? Seriously. Seriously. And and a and lot on, of them and on us sunk trip. in your area, right? Oh, yeah. All of them did. Well, not right in our area, but... <laughs> yeah. And, and what did you have to do had, with that? We had 55 of them that worked the part of the river that we're in here yeah. in Salem. Like between... Uh, Oregon City and Eugene, uh, okay. above the above the waterfalls. Yeah, and uh, all fifty-five of them uh, are on the bottom of the river somewhere. They've literally spot. sunk, not like the business sunk, but like the actual boat right. sunk to the bottom of the water. Right, and they're all still down there. Were Were you the ever average lifespan? By the way, was only thirty-six months. For a river for, boat. Seriously? Yeah. How old how old's the queen? Why would I not be serious? Because these are you're you're shocking us. You're this shocking is really us. cool information. I want to know if you were ever questioned for sinking all those boats. It's <laughs> <laughs> one way to get rid of the competition. I have what? now broken broken the record though for the one captain in those days that had a twenty two year career of driving river boats. Oh wow. Without losing one. Right. 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 It happened to be a female. So you're, so you're the best of the best. And I just now passed her record, yeah. Okay. That was Minnie Hill. Remember, I, I think I've told you about Minnie Hill. No. I've got pictures of her on the boat. 
She was born in Albany, and she was the only licensed female captain in the state of Oregon throughout the entire riverboat era. Yeah. Okay. Which ran from 1850 to 1917, I think, was the last of them. So you're you're li- you're a licensed captain to drive how big of a rig can you go? 100 tons. And what's what's the queen? 100 tons. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's it. Nice match. Nice match. <laughs> and, I like see how that works. And what did, what did you have to do to get your license? Well, I got my license in 1981, I think. My first one. Uh, I was actually, still in high school then. but I wasn't born. <laughs> I had just come back from uh, this trip with the, uh, with the moon mist, uh, the one that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Okay. And, uh, and, of course, being that I was out on the ocean for two years, it gave me the amount of time I needed. So that's the first requirement to get a Coast Guard license. You've got to have some time on, the, on a boat. Okay. And it can be any boat, and uh, even your own boat, which is what the case was with me. But do you then have to be a, a captain? Of, do you have to be a, a captain at that time? To no, I can be just, the cook on board. Okay, just as long as you're on a boat. As long as I'm on it. Okay. I did happen to be the captain, but, you know, that's okay. neither here nor there. Qualifies you to get your, your license. And incidentally, my son got his license, too, based on the same experience of being on the boat. And he was the youngest kid to ever get a 100-ton captain's license. Oh, that's wow. cool. Yeah. And the, now, is, is he, and the Coast Guard. What's he doing now? Is he? He's still a captain. Okay. Yeah, that's my son, Chris, my oldest son. Okay. And, Amazing. Uh, he's also a, a marine surveyor, and he delivers boats and all that sort of that's thing. That's awesome. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, sidetrack too much. but No, I'm so, not, this is actually really interesting yeah. to It makes me. an interesting selling point, too. It does. We're the only one left. So if somebody wants to go for a ride on an authentic actually functioning sternwheeler yeah we're it you know and now are you, are you able to go up and down the river now at this point because of the water levels and stuff no. or you you can't no water's too high right now it's too high now too too high and uh, i mean i could go down the river but because of the height of the river i couldn't i don't have enough power in the uh in the in the paddle wheels to go against a strong current really and right now that current is really running fast so can you go? Can you go across to West Salem at all, sure. or because you're going to be hitting that current at some point? Well, I mean, I I could. I in good sense, I don't want to because okay. it's too risky. Yeah. So where where are you going right now? I'm going on the backside of Minto Brown Island. Okay. Where there is no current. So, okay. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Right and then now. you go up towards. Do you go into the bridges at all? No. Okay. I go up to the bridges. And then you turn around and, and, and head and back. Turn around. Yeah. yeah. Didn't they one right time? Now. You told me. And I don't know if I've shared this with you, Amanda, yet, but there was a jumper on the bridge one time, and they, they asked you to, what, stop underneath it? <laughs> <It's>, oh, wow. <laughs> you said, hell no. Yeah, the police, jumps, the police called me. and my boat. This was the guy, I don't know if you remember, there was a huge snafu in the traffic because uh, yeah. they closed the entire yeah. bridge off. And they tried to, people going both ways, sharing the one other bridge. Right. And, I mean, it was... It was not like on a Friday up. night, too. I mean, it was just, oh, it was the, the worst whole, possible the time. The whole town of Salem was a gridlock. Yeah. But at any rate, that was the reason. And, uh, yeah, the police called me. They said, uh, uh, we, we noticed that you're coming upriver and heading for this bridge. <laughs> uh, Want to let you know we have a, we have a situation with a jumper. Uh, we, we think you can help us out uh, in talking the guy out of it if you stop right beneath him. Because then, obviously, you know, he wouldn't hit the water. Right. He'll get hurt if he jumps instead of getting killed. Yeah. Well, (laughs) the other thing they failed to tell me is that he had a noose around his neck. Oh. So he wasn't planning on hitting the water anyways. He was planning on hanging himself before he hit the water. And so I'm sitting under under the—I do as I'm told. I'm a licensed captain. I have to. 
and uh, I got a whole bunch of people on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> Half of which are out there yelling at him, go ahead and jump, jump. in there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I said, hey, folks, cool it, will you? We got kids on board, you know. And I did this vision. When I realized this guy's got a big old rope around his neck, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be ugly if he yeah. jumps. And that rope is too short. He's going to be dangling right in front of us. Yeah. You know? and, and if it's too long, he's going to be in your pilot house. He'll be in the, yeah, he'll land right on the deck or on the wow. roof or something. So what happened? So we sat there for about 15, 20 minutes, I guess, and nothing was happening. I mean, they weren't talking him out of it. I'm, I'm still watching him leaning over the edge, you know, threatening to, right. to go. And my customers are not making things any easier because they're still saying, come <laughs> on, you big chicken. It'll, let's see. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I, people are weird. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, finally, uh, the guy calls me again, you know, and says, well, we're we're not making much progress with the guy. I said, good, because I'm leaving. No, 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 no. You got to stay there because, you know, we think that's probably the reason why he's stalling. You know, I said, no. I says, I, my first responsibility is to the safety of my passengers. Sure. I said, sure. you never told me that he had a noose around his neck. Anyways, I left and went back to the dock, and he calls me after I get back to the dock. He said, you realize you're not allowed to leave that dock now. I said, I have no intention. Wow. <laughs> I said, I'm wow. offloading my customers right now, and, and good luck with him. But then you know what happened? The next day I read in the paper that one of the reasons they were having trouble rushing him or doing anything like that is he had a big black bag at his feet, and there was some some thought about the fact that he had a bomb in that bag. Oh. Wow. Okay. Wow. wow. That's Another scary. Thing they didn't tell me. Yeah. yeah. Here I am right underneath a potential bomb. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So I unloaded on the police department, and I said, you know, this was not cool. You know, yeah. you, you can't jeopardize my boat full of passengers in a, in a potential bomb situation with mm-hmm. a jumper. I said, just that was not cool at all. Yeah. Right. And I did. I got an apology, and that's all, just an apology. So if, if you sell your boat, just celebrated a birthday uh, 11 days ago, 12 days ago, whatever it was, yep. and what are you going to do? You've been... You've been a captain almost all your life. What are oh, you going to do? I'll go for a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on. Before we ba- move on, I want to. So with your. Uh, so with the Willamette Queen, um, is it. So it's still operating, you said. Yes. So how do people, if they wanted to go on it and enjoy a, a brunch or a dinner? 371 Boy, has he got that memorized. Away. What's that? Phone number. That's the phone number. He. he <laughs> Now, let me just explain to you guys just how proud he looks right now and just how, like, a matter of fact, I just gave you that number so quick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. And that's the right number, too. Okay. So there's a number that you call to to make those reservations. 371-1103. Slow down. Three. Five, oh, three. Oh, yeah, that, too. Okay. Anyhow, give him a call. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> We're, uh, it's amazing how many weddings we've booked already for this year. Oh, you do weddings there, too. He marries them. You're, you're, oh. a, you're, a, you're a, what are you? Ordained minister. Yeah. And he actually he, performs the weddings. That's really cool to get and married how many, on how many, a wedding. How many guy you'll ever meet that's married over 380 women. And he's proud of it. And I'm proud of it. <laughs> All right. Now, my wife quickly answers that by saying, yeah, but I'm the only one you take home at night. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my, my name's on that certificate. Of wow, so you've married over 380 people. Yep. That's awesome. That's really and it, cool. It's, it's really, I've been on the boat uh, a lot of times when they've done these weddings, and it's just so, 
it's, it's such a deal, neat deal because they, they decorate the boat out for them. Mm-hmm. And you have like this oh, little yeah. arch at the back of the boat there where you actually stand there and perform the, the ceremony. It's not a little arch. It's a big arch. Mm-hmm. We and did. I didn't get that. Could you try again? <laughs> Your phone's always talking back to you. I got very to do with her. <laughs> um, we celebrated. Katie had her thirtieth birthday mm-hmm. um, on the Willamette Queen, and we did it in a. We did like a black and white party, and it was really awesome. We had such a good time. It was a blast. Yeah, they. You were an amazing yeah. captain. Absolutely. Um, they, they always you always decorate it to whatever the case is going to be weddings. Uh, you've even done a funeral on the boat when the guy was still alive, right? Yep. How does that work? He wouldn't get in the casket. <laughs> we had a casket right there, and in the casket was a blow up doll of uh, Mae West. And in the casket with Mae West was W.C. Fields, also as a big blow-up thing. Okay. I mean, it was hilarious. The whole thing was hilarious. And he did this because? Cecil Cecil was his name. He okay. was my, my, uh, my wife's father. He always wanted to know what people would talk about him after he was gone. So he said, you know what? So on his 80th birthday, we said, Cecil, we're going to give you an opportunity to find out. That's hilarious. <laughs> so That's and funny. He didn't, he didn't know anything about it. Uh, <laughs> So he came. He surprise. came down to the boat, and, and all of a sudden, there's the casket. And yeah, up on the on the upper deck, and yeah. he, and of course, all these people that he's known for years, including a son that he hadn't seen in many years, yeah. came up from L.A. And uh, it was just a wonderful experience. That's wonderful. awesome. That's yeah. cool. So we got to see what it would, yep. what people would say and talk oh, about. Oh, he was taking notes. So, so you're, you're getting this because mm-hmm, you said that kind mm-hmm, thing. Yep. You're not getting nothing. Okay. <laughs> he, he redid his will right there. Right. So real quickly, because we only have about uh, one minute left to go on this, but you've you've done weddings. Have you ever had a proposal done on the what's Oh, lines? lots of proposals. Okay. Has Have you ever had one gone wrong? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, yep. you know, sometimes we get a feeling for this, yeah. especially Barbara. She's very tuned into, and she told me, she said, because they were sitting right outside of the pilot house. She said, when he gets down on his knee, she said, don't be surprised if she says no. And that's exactly what oh. happened. Oh, no. Yeah. So he went Man overboard. The, he went down to the bar, and she just stayed there at the table, and they did yeah. That was probably an awkward wait until the boat docked. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Hey, we need to take a short break. When we come back, more with today's special guest, Captain Richard Chesbrough from the Willamette Queen. You're listening to our show on 104.3 FM, 1220 AM. We are KSLM. Today's show is being brought to you by the Lule Group, Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, and Teresa Lule State Farm Insurance. When we come back, the captain's going to take us on his around-the-world trip. I'm telling you, he made a wrong turn. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM. Brought to you today by the Lule Group. We're back in five, four, Q Terry, two, one, you're on. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM. Brought to you today by the Lule Group. Welcome back to the weekend show. We are talking with Captain Richard Chesbrough, Terry Saul, Amanda Smith, hanging out with you. And you've been a captain for, like say, you say 100 years. Um, hey, now. <laughs> you've, you've also taken some trips on your own boat, and you decided to go around the world more than once, right? More than once. You've okay. gone around the world more than once? Well, 
two separate boats, two uh, different boats. That's yeah. so yeah. All right, so wow. how did how did this all begin? You were down in the Bay Area, living, right? Right. Okay. What happened? I was I was working for uh, the big three letter company that begins with an I and ends with an M. You know what I'm talking about. And there's a B in the middle. You got it. Okay. And uh, IBM. And as uh, I'm so proud of this stuff. I know this stuff. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> Typical young corporate guy. I was dedicating myself 100 percent to my job and my career and all so forth, and uh, neglecting my family. And I was on the road a lot. They would, throw, you know, having me travel all over the country. So finally, uh, I came home one time, and my youngest son was holding on to my necktie. And my wife told me that ever since you left, which was days ago, she says, he has not let go of that necktie. And she said, is that telling you something? Mm. And I said, uh, guilt. Yep, I think <laughs> we need to uh, re- re- reestablish rules here. Yeah. She says, well, if you want this family and this marriage to stay together, she says, we got to make some serious changes. Ooh, I hate that talk. So we thought about, uh, well, okay, let's just do a family vacation. And because I always was around boats ever since I was a kid, the obvious thing was, well, let's go for you know, for a cruise. And she uh, and my wife said, well, it's got to be more of an adventure. A cruise is, is fun, but it's not adventuresome. You know, okay. it's like going to a hotel on the water. Yeah. So then we started kicking around the idea about, you know, just going for a sailing trip. And the, and the thought came up, well, let's maybe do a, a trip to Hawaii or down to Mexico or something. So that meant we had to buy a big sailboat. So that's how the whole thing got started. And uh, How big was this boat you bought? Uh, a 47-footer. Wow. And uh, it was a catch rig. Uh, what's that? Yeah, what's, what's the that? catch rig? Oh, it means it's got two masts, and the forward mast is taller than the back mast. And as masts are sails, schooner. right? Pull. No, masts are the, are, the, are the sticks that hold the sails. Okay. Okay. And they're of course, keep in mind who you're talking to. Telephone poles, you know. Right. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to keep it keep it simple. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was a beautiful boat, and it was big enough for a family of uh, five of us. You know, three kids and my wife and I. To uh, uh, to live on. You know, yeah. Have, have, have you ever done something like this before? Never. No. It was so you guys just a, jump in head first. We just jumped in head first. I love it. Absolutely. Was alcohol and, involved in this decision? Uh, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Way to be honest. <laughs> and uh, had a beautiful home in Arizona at the time, and so it meant selling the house because we wanted to make a commitment to where if if things weren't going really nice, we could zap right back to the house. And right. We wanted to do a true split, you know, from our previous uh, life. So I told IBM I wanted the leave of absence, and they said, okay, we'll give you six months. So that was the initial plan, a six-month trip. And, of course, it turned into two years. But uh, <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> but we put the boat together um, just before we were ready to leave. The, the boat we purchased, by the way, was in, uh, was in Los Angeles, in Marina del Rey. Okay. And uh, can I tell you a quick funny story about the boat? Okay. When we first saw it and we met the guy that owned it, he was an engineer working for one of the space companies down there. And I asked him, I says, well, can we take it out for a little spin? You know, kind of like a, a test, test drive. drive. Yeah. And he's, oh, he says, I've never done that. And I said, now, wait a minute. How long have you owned this boat? You know, like, I don't know, three years or something. And you've never left the dock? <laughs> nope, never left the dock. So you I didn't said, know if that boat's going to sink or swim. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was a beautiful boat. And it had all kinds of equipment on it and so forth, but he used it more as a way of picking up women. Okay, and, like I got this boat at the dock. Yeah. You want to come check it out? Yeah, come hang out <laughs> so with me I asked at the dock. Him to tell me the story about, well, how does that work? He said, well, we're in Marina del Rey, lots of bars around and restaurants and so forth. And so I'd, I'd 
go into one, I'd be sitting down next to somebody that looks, you know, good-looking lady like yourself. Oh, thank you. And he'd ask her what her name was, and she'd say, well, my name's Amanda. Wow. He says, that's really coincidence. He says, you know, I have a boat named after you. Oh, 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 that line. They would never believe him, or sometimes they would. And he'd say, well, I'll tell you what. He says, if you're willing to walk down the dock and just look at the boat, and and I'll, I'll prove to you that you know, I've, I've got this boat. He says, and, and if I'm wrong, I've got a bottle of Dom Perignon champagne and we'll share it there and, and we'll just call it an evening, you know. Well, most of the time he said it worked. <laughs> and so he'd take him down to the boat. And of course, the first thing they wanted to do is to climb on the boat, look over the stern and see what was on the nameplate. Right. Which is sure. The name of sure. The boat is. And, uh, Did it say your name? It said, after you. After you. <laughs> I have a boat named after you. Hilarious. Oh. What a clever guy. Oh. What a clever guy. He said it never failed to get a big laugh. Oh. After you. you. got me on that one. Where's that champagne? You know? yeah. <laughs> nice. And, uh, That's good. He said it worked so well. He says I never never quit doing it. That was his, <laughs> that was his use of the boat. He must have ended up finding the one and then ended up selling it. Well, when he sold it to us, he was still single. Okay. So, you know, I don't know whether that ever happened. Yeah. Okay, so you're, at this point, you're planning, we have two minutes left here, you're planning a trip to Hawaii. Correct. Now, you have to stock the boat, Correct. right? Did you know how to drive this thing and the instruments and all that stuff? Self-taught. Oh, I mean, so honestly, the answer is he no. Wasn't got it. Well, no, I'd never, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of experience on boats, never a big sailboat. Like okay. So, and who uh, had to go up to just take offshore. those sails up there? So, that's a long clip. Who, who, who? Upstairs. <laughs> no, no, the pole. Who had up to go the up the pole? To... Right. Who did that? I did. You went up? Yeah. Okay. And, and my sons would go up there too. Oh, uh-huh. that's what I figured. I yeah. Your kids going up there. Yeah, I've got pictures here in the book of me painting the, uh, you know, sitting in a bosun's chair and all that. So, but, you said something about stocking the boat, like with food. Did you have to stock it with like months worth of food? Well, we calculated how long it would take to sail. Right. And, and it was going to be like 19 to 25 days, mm-hmm. somewhere in that category. So, we made sure we had, you know, that amount of food. Right. Now, the trick was I didn't know how to navigate out on the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the so, trick. That's why it lasted two years. <laughs> so, one of, the, one of the people I had to hire was a navigator. Okay. And, uh, uh, do you want me to wrap it up? Yeah, bit? we're gonna we're gonna okay, need to well, take a, a I'll short tell the break. Navigator story, and when we come back, more with today's guest, Captain Richard Chesbro, and he's gonna be telling us how he went to Hawaii. How long did you get to Hawaii? Nineteen days. So it did take you did nineteen yep. days, but you didn't know how to navigate the boat. Correct. The ship. Correct. What is it? A ship or a boat? It's a boat. Okay. With big <laughs> sails that you'd send the kids up there to do. Sailboat. Okay. To be more specific, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to The Weekend Show, 104.3 FM, 1220 AM. We are KSLM. Stick around. It's going to get fun. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM, brought to you today by the Lule Group. We're back in five, four, Q Terry, two, one, you're on. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM, brought to you today by the Lule Group. We are back. We are talking with my buddy, Captain Richard Chesbro from the Willamette Queen. And on our last segment, you'd purchased your boat. Now you're getting ready to head to Hawaii, right? Correct. Where'd you leave out of? Uh, Marina del Rey. I thought you were in Sausalito or something when you left out of there. Or is that the other trip? That was the other trip. Okay. The other boat. So you named this boat what? Moon Mist. Moon Mist. Right. Okay, it's all loaded up. You have, you're sitting there. You're ready to go. 
You don't have any clue how to work the gauges. And then what? You're off? You took off? Well, we uh, about a week before we were scheduled to leave, our parents, both my wife's parents and my parents, had a, uh, what do they call it, intervention with mm-hmm. us? About, Budinsky. Yeah, about taking the kids with us Uh-oh. On, a, on a maiden voyage like this. Oh. With so little experience that, that we had. How old were the kids? Uh, they were, I think, uh, Chris was about 11, and uh, Lori was uh, two years younger than him, and then my youngest son, two years younger than her. So, so they're I, young kids. Seven to, oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, these were pretty sharp kids, and, uh, I mean, they weren't babies in any stretch of the imagination. Right. And they had a lot of boating experience because, like I say, we always had small boats, little, you know, little mess around the lakes type of boats we had a we had a i was just looking for it we had a uh, a sign on the boat uh that was a quote out of uh one of those cartoon strips remember the toad and the uh and the the uh the, the rat and the uh i'm not that old you're not that old okay <laughs> anyways the otter and the toad were sitting in a in a little rowboat and uh one was saying to the other you know there's something uh simply marvelous about just messing around in boats Mm-hmm. And that was kind of our motto. We just thought messing around in boats was just cool. Mm-hmm. And the whole family enjoyed that. So that was why we selected boating as as our family adventure to, to All right. Do. So let's let's uh, go forward a little bit. Yep. It's now day to to leave. So right at the last minute, I had to put a crew together. We interviewed some people that had ads up on the the boards around Marina del Rey, you know, looking for a, a boat to go for a cruise with and and uh, and their experience and one of the guys said that he navigated so he was the first one i zeroed in on and he was an absolutely fantastic guy very intelligent he failed to tell us at the outset that he had never navigated on the water on a boat oh gosh he was an air force <laughs> navigator that's and funny fighter jets and stuff mm-hmm. you know when did you find that out when we got to hawaii okay yeah. so at least he got you from point a to point b yes but so there's that. We always, we always wondered why he was spending so much time, you know, with his navigation. Yeah. You know, going over the books, and uh, we had a sextant. We didn't have satellite navigation equipment or anything like they have now. We had a sextant, and he was taking shots of the sun and the moon and the stars. And, and, and that's how you things. navigate? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. That's called celestial navigation. And, uh, and uh, when call we got to Hawaii. call it not having a clue where I'm at. When mm-hmm. we got to Hawaii, uh, both my wife and I took courses uh, in celestial navigation. So yeah. we, we knew it ourselves. Okay, and so it, it took you 19 days to get to Hawaii. Yep, 19 you, wonderful days. What by are you the way. doing during that 19 days? First of all, did you ever see any other ships pass by or anything? Yes, yes. You did? Yeah, not very many, but. Yeah, we saw we saw a few. Did you have any way of communicating with them? We had one uh, uh, larger sailboat than us that uh, uh, we came across, and, and it was kind of funny because uh, we asked them if they had any ice cream on board, and the guy said, "Well, yeah, we have a big freezer. We have ice cream. I mean, we were just starving for ice cream <laughs> you know, when you're that far out in the sea." Yeah. They said, "Well, you know, what have you got that you can trade? We'll just trade you something." Okay. So I'm looking right at my wife, and I said. Well, I have my wife, you know, just kidding around. And they said, deal. Deal. I'll take it. Send her over. <laughs> Richard, has it ever occurred to you that might be the reason you've been married several times? That was, you know, that was not a cool thing to say, I guess. And, and she looked at me. And <laughs> but the guys came over, and then after they saw her, they said, yeah, that would be a cool, a cool trade. But... She's the only female you have on board, and she does all the cooking. And I said, yeah, the rest of us would just die if she wasn't here. Mm-hmm. 
Got it, yep. And uh, trying to make up for all of that, so they allowed us to keep her. (laughs) (laughs) And we got some ice cream. There you go. But anyways, it was uh, balmy weather all the way. I mean, we couldn't have picked a better time. We did have uh, long-distance radios so we could get weather forecasts and find out if there was anything coming our way. So along comes nighttime. Yeah. What do you do? Go to sleep. But, I mean, is is somebody watching? Do you drop an anchor? What do you do? do? We, We work shifts. Four hours on, four hours off, and the whole crew had to had stand watches. So all night long, we had two people on watch. One actually steering the boat, the other one keeping his eyes open or keeping the other guys' eyes open. To Looking okay. for that iceberg, Looking get to ahead. Make sure there's no ships or anything. Yeah. Because ships won't stop for you. They'll, they'll just run right over you. What do you mean? If you're in their way, they, they're not going to get out of your way. I think it takes a lot to churn a boat, a big ship like that. It does. By the time they see you, I don't think they could physically churn. Really? To maneuver around you, at least from my understanding, but I don't know boats no, it's very true. well. It's, it's like a train. Yeah. Well, trains goes around tracks. But yeah. They, uh, they, it takes a long time for them to stop, and, and of course— But aren't they going to see you see a light or something? I mean, if, if they're well, paying attention, there's a light would, over there, so you don't want to go that way. Correct. You would hope. Although—and uh, <laughs> they have radar— you know, units, big radar units. So I, I, I know a lot of times they could hear us. And I'd call them on the radio, and they would never answer back. Really? You know? Yep. That's got to be frustrating. I'd say, ship off our starboard bow or ship off our port bow. Please respond. We're a sailboat that's in the same proximity as, as your route. We just want to know, know what your intentions are. Are you going to turn? Are you going to stay straight ahead or what? Never get her really? call back. Yeah. Interesting. Very, so you give uh, them the middle fingers are going by? And when we were in Tahiti, would. we saw a big uh, freighter come into the, uh, the shore, and it had all the rigging of a sailboat all caught around the bow of the boat. You know, that big bulb they had right, just right. under the water. All the rigging was there, and they didn't even know it was there. They ran down a sailboat somewhere out on their trip. Yeah. Oh, wow. Never even knew yeah. they destroyed this boat and probably killed everybody on board. Wow. So you're halfway to Hawaii. What yep. happens if you need some help, whether it be medical help or whether you oh. needed whatever, some help if, you're, if you're, your boat shuts down, the motor goes bad or whatever? What do, what do, you, I, who do you call? Well, I mean, obviously we have a single sideband radio, so we could call landlines anywhere. And uh, What does that mean? It just means you. somebody's going to answer the radio. Okay. But how do they get it's to you? It's a single sideband radio. Yeah, how well, do you tell them where you're at? When you're in the middle of the ocean, you're in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. I mean, and that's what you tell them. I'm in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And they would try to divert. Uh, I mean, if there was a serious medical emergency, I'm sure it never happened to us at that time. It did later on. They would divert a ship over to us that would take uh, okay. whoever was hurt off. And Got it. So let's, let's just play this out. If, if they bring a ship close to you, how do you guys get close enough that you can transfer? I mean, you're not touching each other, are you? No. You, usually the the big ship has a uh, Like a little a raft. Boat. Yeah. It's, well, no, they're not rafts. They're, Sorry. They're power boats. <laughs> and they lower it down in the water, and, and that's what they will come to you with. No, you, they're not going to risk uh, you coming up alongside. They do have rope ladders that they uh, they take the pilots when they're coming into a coming into a dock. I'm sorry, I looked again. Sure. <laughs> Did you lose me there? <laughs> no, you're fine. And the pilots will have to climb that ladder. Uh, it's really exciting to watch them off the Columbia coast here, uh, the Columbia Bar, because boy, there'll be some heavy seas out there. And that pilot boat is going up and down. The ship's going up and down, and this guy has got to jump from. You know the pilot boat onto a ladder. Oh gosh! And climb all the way up that side of that ship. Why? Why do they? Why That's do they, why they get paid the big bucks. Well, why do they do okay. that though? Why doesn't the pilot get on the boat like everybody else and go out with everybody else? Why do they have to have a special boat to bring him out? No, the pilot is at the dock that you're coming into. I mean, at the port that you're coming okay. into. Okay. 
and and they're the ones that know the waters. They know where the sandbars and, the, and everything are, and as as compared to the captain of the ship. Okay. So uh, uh, and and insurance companies require that. Okay. They don't want any large boat coming into any harbor without a pilot on board. All right. So when you're coming into Hawaii, um, do you have to notify somebody in Hawaii that says this is where we're coming and permission to come in your, into your port? Correct. You do. Okay. Yep. There's there's authorities that are going to come out and board the vessel. Uh, immigration. Uh, you know, if, especially if you're in a foreign foreign port, stamp mm-hmm. all your papers and and whatever. And health inspectors, they want to make sure you're not bringing in anything that's you know fruit or vegetables. It's like crossing a state line. Somewhere. Really. All right. Yeah. So, um, Customs and immigration are the two big ones. Okay, we're, we're running a little bit low on time, so let's keep going here. You left Hawaii, right. and, and you went where? Went to Hawaii. Oh, we no, we, we stayed in Hawaii for, oh, gee, I forget how many months, but it was during the hurricane season in the okay. South Pacific. Okay. And was that scary? So we put the kids in school. No, we just waited it out so that we were out of the hurricane okay. season. Okay. So as not to take any chances. And now, of course, I had the kids over there in Hawaii. I put them in school, and uh, that was not a very good thing to do. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> Hawaiian kids are not very polite to mainland kids. Mainland kids, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Howleys, they call us. Howleys. Howleys, yeah. Howley, dare they do that? That's, yeah, how dare they? <laughs> All right, so you, you, you decided to rate, leave uh, Hawaii. Yep, we left Hawaii heading for the Marquesas Islands. Which Where's is, that? It's, again, another... 15 or 16 day cruise and it's kind of southwest from hawaii going into the islands they call that australia well we were kind of heading towards australia but the islands are out there on along the way and they're just little dots of islands yeah so that was a real test of my navigation skills okay you didn't have your navigator with you anymore no 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 all of that it was just now it's just the family okay just my wife and three kids that's pretty awesome um those little islands was there civilization there or okay yeah and and there still is and and uh i've got pictures of every one of these you know this is our hawaii bound well you can actually thumb through that if you want while we're talking yeah but uh so uh, how long did it take you to get to the marquis islands the marquesas islands i think about 15 days Okay. What was your biggest uh, struggle getting there, would you say? We were going, uh, we didn't have the wind behind us, so we were kind of fighting the wind as we were going, which meant the boat was heeled over all the time. So it was kind of an uncomfortable ride, if you will. And uh, Heeled over, that means leaning? Is that what yeah. Okay. I mean, he- healing is, is leaning. Okay. You get used to it. I mean, you obviously have to get used to it. It's like standing on a, on a wall that's uh, at an angle. Okay. We um, we need to take a short break. We come back more with this, and we're going to try and figure out where you went from there. Okay. In our final segment, we're talking to Captain Richard Chesbrough from the Willamette Queen. Back in a moment. You're listening to the Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM. Brought to you today by the Lule Group. We are back with our final few minutes. We're talking with Captain Richard Chesbrough from the Willamette Queen, Terry Solomanda Smith. You were telling us that you uh, you traveled around the world in your sailboat. Did you ever uh, did you ever encounter any crazy issues or anything? Well, I mean, we had encounters with sharks. Okay, uh, how'd that go? And, uh, it, it went very well because we survived, you know. <laughs> but it was scary. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Uh, one that was memorable is that uh, we dropped anchor in a beautiful little cove of an island, and uh, 
the water was about 30 feet deep. You could see the bottom 30 feet down just yeah. as wow. clear as if it was only two feet. Really? Yeah, yeah it was just beautiful, beautiful. crystal clear water. So uh, one day we decided instead of taking the dinghy to shore, and uh, we were just going to swim. Who's so, that? Uh, the kids and I. Okay. And uh, my wife was stayed on the boat. And, uh, and we were about halfway uh, to shore. It was about maybe 150, 200 yards or And you're, you're, you're snorkeling. And we're just snorkeling. Okay. You know, just cruising along. And then all of a sudden, this whole school of sharks showed up, swimming Oops. about 10 feet below us. Oh, oops. you got me shivering. And, uh, <laughs> oops. More than and oops. I looked over at my kids, and their eyes were about <laughs> you know. Just popping out of their head. You know, and I, I, I figured, well, that's maybe just because of the, of the, of the glasses they were. <laughs> no, they're scared. No, they were really, they, they were really scared, and they're looking to me for direction, and I just put my finger up, shh, you know, don't make a sound, and we just kind of stopped, and no flipping the flippers, no moving of, of anything, just like we went just dead with right. on top of the water, and uh, and I just kept watching them, and of course the kids were watching them too. And uh, there was probably eight or ten of them, I guess. Only. They swam swam under us and uh, never once came up or did anything. They swam around in a great big circle and then came around under us in an opposite direction. And then they just disappeared. They were looking for lunch. And uh, I don't know what they were looking for. They were probably just curious. Yeah. Yeah. But so what was the reaction to your kids when you got on shore? They're we're probably do, like we're not doing that anymore. I was just going to say they're probably like no. Next time no, we a, get much closer, we, we this bring is the dinghy. not a thing. We bring the dinghy. That's right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. And uh, good for them for you guys all staying my, calm. My nine-year-old, uh, when we were in the two modos, which was the next group of islands after the first group, um, it's a uh, it's a reef island, and there's just one little entrance. But they've got these uh, a lot of sharks that live inside of this reef. And uh, so he was just fishing off the back of our boat at the dock that we were at there and caught about a six-foot shark. Oh, Oh my goodness. That's huge. uh, uh, I wasn't right there at the time. I was on the dock doing something or other. And uh, next thing I know, he's got the damn thing up on the deck. Oh. Oh. So now we've got this thrashing beast on the deck with that snapping, uh, you know, mouth. And... uh, Mark says, Dad, he says, come over here and help me kill this thing. He says, <laughs> you think? my my lure is is inside. He swallowed my lure, and I want my lure back. <laughs> he didn't care about the shark. He just wanted his lure back. He's like, that was my lucky lure. And Damn I, shark. <laughs> I said, Mark, maybe the wise thing to do would be to just cut the line and kick his butt back overboard, and he can have the lure. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll get you another one, you know. And, uh, and, of course, by that time, he was bound to determine. So he proceeded to hacksaw the shark's head oh, off. Oh, oh. And, I mean, this kid, I mean, nine years old. I was just going to really say nine? And That's he's impressive. And hacksawing away. And, uh, and I'm watching him because I'm just getting a kick out of it. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, of course, the more he hacked, the less active the shark was, you know. And, uh, but he, he had it almost severed. And he says, you know, this shark has got to be dead by now. He says, I don't see, his eyes are shut. He's not doing anything. So he puts his hand inside the shark's mouth no. to grab the lure. No. And all of a sudden, the eyes pop open on the shark. Oh, no. And his mouth closes <gasps> right on his arm. No. And I just freak out. So I just jump on that damn shark, and I've got a, I've got a hold of the lower jaw and the upper jaw. And surprisingly, it, it he didn't thrash or anything i mean he, yeah. he was pretty well gone right but he was still alive but he was still alive and i got the i got it open and he got his arm out 
And so I said, Shark, a shark. I said, Mark, well, Mark and Shark, they do sound a little bit like Now, I Shark, said, you behave. We're not going to do that again, are we? And, and he said, absolutely not. I said, I thought I lost my arm for sure. Did he wow. have bite marks and stuff on him? No. Oh, good. No, he didn't even draw blood. I mean, oh, it, thank it goodness. It closed on his arm, and it was holding him. Mm-hmm. But too, sharks too weak uh, do to... the damage by thrashing. You know, oh, these yeah. These kind of teeth they have. Oh, yes. And, Absolutely. Uh, that's where the damage is done. Okay. Crazy. My daughter, Lori, also was uh, snorkeling and got hit by a shark. But uh, the shark hit her in the, in the hip, not because it was after her, but because she had a whole bag of seashells that was hanging from her belt. Yeah. Oh. And the shark evidently was smelling those shells. Yep. And he came up behind her. She never even saw it coming. And bam, he hit her and snagged that bag and... And Off he gone, went. You know. So she was like, no more seashells for me. <laughs> she said, no. And we're only and about 10 feet away. This is your idea of a fun family vacation, right? Oh, yeah. No, okay. he said it was an adventure. That's it. It was, okay. it was an adventure. We, have, was, uh, we only have about four minutes left here on the yeah. segment here. Pirates. Do you ever have any issues with pirates? Uh, well, the Islanders were the only pirates we ran into. Okay. Uh, they're little thieves sometimes, <laughs> you know. And anytime you left something hanging over a railing, to dry, like a bathing suit or a T-shirt or whatever, it would usually be missing. By really? By the time we got up in the morning. And I'd walk around town and you'd see some kid wearing one of your T-shirts, you know. Oh, my I, goodness. You, you never did say anything, you know. Yeah. You what know. can you say? Yeah. Yeah, they just wanted the souvenir. Of, the only time they ever saw people from the outside world is when you sailed in. I mean, they don't have airports. They don't have, they don't see anything. You don't, and there, and not many people probably sail across the world to no. tr- travel in either. No, so are, are you in contact with your family at all? back oh, yeah. here in America and tell yeah. them this is where we're at now? Every time we uh, we could find an island that had a post office, we would send something to them. It may take a month or two before it would get to them, <laughs> but we would uh, write letters and all the time. And okay. Both of our mothers uh, saved all those letters, which really helped us oh, when nice. we were putting the book together. Oh, nice. fun. About all the adventures we had. Because we recounted all, well, you won't believe what happened yesterday type of thing. Right, right. <laughs> How but, awesome to do an adventure like that. Um, it's almost like a, a, a movie. Yeah. Something you see yeah. in a movie. Yeah. You don't really hear or see of actual people saying, okay, let's sell our house and let's buy a sailboat that we don't know how to navigate and, <laughs> and let's hit the water for six months. Exactly. And then it ended up being much longer than six months, correct? Two years. Yeah. Two years. Did you guys just take a wrong turn or did you just... No, we just, we would ask people as we're going along, you know, well, where's some of the more interesting places you've been to? And they'd tell us about another island group. So I just changed my plan and say, okay, let's go this way. And do you have, That's really do you awesome. Do you have fuel on this this ship? I mean, I know you say you go by your sails, but do you also have fuel just we in case? We have fuel. Fuel is hard to come by out in those islands. Yeah, thanks. So we, uh, we were very stingy with our use of the fuel. So we only started the engine when we were actually coming into a, a dock or something. To like actually... Otherwise, I was sailing. Right. What is, so, is there? Are there ever days when the wind's just not blowing? Yes. When, what do you do? On our do? first trip over to Hawaii, we were uh, we got into the, what they call the doldrums, uh-huh. and uh, we just partied. We just sat there. The funny part is, you'd throw a beer can or something over the side. The next morning, it would still be sitting right in the same spot. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> so you're the reason all those beer cans are on the side of the uh, yeah, well, Pacific. What can I say? <laughs> hey, we're just about out of time. Captain, would you come back? Because I know you went around the world again in another boat. 
Right. Yeah. Yep, what, was, what, was the, what was the time difference between when you got back with the first uh, one? You three went years. Out, three years? Three years. You later. just you loved it so much. That's awesome. That's really cool you did that. How, what fun memories for you and your family? Well, and that's what it's all about. And, mm-hmm. and I tell people even when they come out on the riverboat, you know, we're, we're not just giving you a, a ride and a, and a meal. We're, we're giving you a memory. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people do remember us. Absolutely. I know I do. Yeah, that's the uh, what was his name? Richard. Richard. Okay, there you go. Uh, I remember too. Um, <laughs> best way to get a hold of the Willamette Queen and book your reservations is five zero three three seven one eleven zero three. Couldn't have said it better myself. How many times did I say that over the years? Yes. Remember, <laughs> remember those days? We've known each other almost since, ever since we've been here in Salem, which is wow, twenty five years in February. I've known. I, I I've I've spent more time with you than with my wives. <laughs> Tread lightly. I am, because I know you. They may be listening. Yeah. Amanda, always a pleasure. Thank you for hanging out with us. And Captain Richard, come back and join us again. I will. Be happy to. You've been listening to The Terry Saul Show on Salem's original radio station, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM KSLM. Today's show is brought to you by the Lule Group, featuring Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Home, and Teresa Lule's State Farm Insurance. That's a wrap. Thanks, everybody. Good show. Bye, everybody.